0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile of the podcast. This is episode 236 called Maureen Brown. This podcast is sponsored by Receptiva DX. Receptiva DX is a powerful test that has helped thousands of women who have experienced recurrent pregnancy loss or IVF failure. The test helps detect inflammatory conditions of the uterus that might be preventing you from becoming pregnant or staying pregnant. The most common underlying condition of a positive Receptiva DX test is endometriosis with or without symptoms. If you or someone you know has struggled with IVF, Receptiva DX may give you the answer and treatment protocols that you're looking for. Talk with your doctor about Receptiva DX because the journey is so worth it. Plus guys, Infertile AF listeners are getting $75 off the Receptiva DX test. So all you have to do is go to ReceptivaDX.com or download the app Receptiva DX, use code Infertile 23 and you'll get $75 off. Thanks Receptiva DX. Okay guys, today I am talking to a really cool woman. Her name is Maureen Brown and she is the CEO and co-founder of Mosey Baby which is an at-home insemination kit that she co-created with her husband. So she's going to tell us the whole story about how after struggling to conceive for two and a half years, they started looking for a way to at-home inseminate. And when they couldn't find what they were looking for, they decided to make it. So she's going to tell us all about her infertility journey, creating this incredible product, which is also now a line of products. They have other things as well. Check them out at moseybaby.com but it's just a great discussion. She's really cool. Thank you, Maureen. And without further ado, this is Maureen's infertility story.
1: Hi, Maureen. Thank you so much for doing this today. It's great to meet you. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm
0: so excited to chat with you. Good, me too. So I always start with the question about what it was like for you back in the day. Did you always want to be a parent?
1: I love this question. And honestly, not sure if I did. I mean, there were times in my life where, you know, you're five years old and you're like, I'm a mommy. I want to be a mommy. Mm -hmm. But then I know when I was in kind of my late teens, early 20s, I was really Evaluating whether or not it was something that was important to me, and then continued that feeling for a while, just you know, knowing that I had a lot I wanted to accomplish in my life. and that trajectory doesn't always align with being a mother. And so eventually, though, the moment I really did want to have children and and knew I wanted to be a mother was when I fell in love with my husband
2: mm-hmm. and
1: just really felt this powerful feeling of wanting to have children with him. I love and that. That truly is when it came into my life. And we were very open about that early on in our relationship because he's about 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we had that conversation, you know, our second date, <laughs> basically, of like, do you want to have kids? Um, and then it really kind of hit me as we got to know each other. That I like, God, I really like this guy. And, you know, I fell head over heels for him immediately and... Uh, yeah, I would have, I would have his babies. <laughs> so that's kind of where it came from for me.
0: So were you guys on the same page about family building?
1: We were, yes. He wanted children. And I think in many ways, it was the similar feeling for him. Um, he was on, not on the fence, but just, you know, open to being childless, I'll say. And very quickly, we knew that we had strong feelings for each other. And um, we were married within a year. So we had um, kind of fast-tracked that part of our relationship and openly discussed it, but knew we wanted to be married for a little bit first before we tried to have kids. And um, and so it was always a part of our life that we envisioned together to have
0: a family. So fast-forwarding a bit, what happened when you guys started to try? Was it easy? And I'm guessing since you're on this show, when
1: you're, you know, when you're heterosexual and you are intimate and having sex, then you don't have any issues, you know, just with intercourse or, you know, any of that, that part's kind of easy at first. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, um, you know, there's a little bit of excitement that you're, you know, quote unquote, pulling the goalie. As some people say, you know, you, you've released the hounds, you've got all these phrases you can say, but essentially, you know, (laughs) I like that release (laughs) the hounds. It's very Simpsons esque. (laughs) let them go, you know? But essentially, you know, when you um, knowingly stop using any sort of contraception, I think we all have this thought in the back of our head, like, Ooh, it can happen at any moment. Mm -hmm. And so that was us, you know, we thought we're healthy. This is going to happen, you know, a couple tries and, you know, we'd have a child in our arms in a year and for us and for anybody who knows me already and knows (laughs) that that we have a business around fertility. Um it did not happen like that. So mm-hmm. you know, our journey took a little bit of a curve um and a little turn that we weren't mm-hmm. anticipating.
0: So what did that look like? What was the the pivot that you had to make and the the plot twist as it were?
1: So um <clears throat> I think this is, you know, so many women's stories. I didn't know anything truly. Same. Um I didn't even know until later after i had been trying for like probably two years at that point when my period actually started, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's the first day when you bleed red and not like I would have a lot of spotting leading up to my period or after my period. And so it just was unclear to me that I was even tracking it. Right. And I remember my husband, he had his annual checkup or something and he came home and he had told his doctor that we were trying to conceive. And the doctor said, well, you know, you need to try 14 days after your period starts. And so that was some of the advice we got early on, right, from my husband's mm-hmm. primary care physician and that's really what ovulation is. And at the time, I started also to get a little frustrated and concerned, but after about 6 months, 7 months, you know, it gets a little uneasy the on the sexual side because you're starting to like feel pressure and emotions. And um so I did start seeking out answers where I could. And the internet at the, you know, this was, gosh, what year what, what were we talking? 20, you know,
2: 12.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, It's changed a lot in the last decade Yeah, on what's totally. available. That's kind of so what I was just,
0: going through it too. I love how you say it gets uneasy. Like that's such a, like a kind way of putting it. Like it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like having sex on demand. <laughs> And sex to have a baby when you're, when it's
1: not working, it's awful. It was for me at least, you know? Yes, exactly. And and I, at that point, we weren't fully like in the zone where you are peeing on sticks all the time and, you know, trying on things. And, and now there's just way more information. So there's a blessing and a curse from 20, you know, the early 2000s, 2010s to where we are today. There's a a blessing because so many more people are talking about it. Your podcasts exist, right? Like these things have opened up Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of information out there.
0: There is. This episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say smells really good. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore grow hair serum daily and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf and using code AF at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash A F, code infertileaf to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf. Thanks, Vegamore.
1: Some of it's real, some of it's fear mongering, some of it's accurate, some of it's BS, you know, there's a lot of products now, right? So navigating that now I feel for people as much as you know, I went through my experience with maybe not as many products and support groups and podcasts. I almost feel like it's still just as terrible (laughs) because you don't know what is what. It's an interesting point. You know, like we're here, we want to educate you as much as possible. And, you know, we've done things, we have a new iteration of our instructions where we include a diagram of the vagina with, you know, what's what and the clitoris and Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, um, because women just truly don't have the opportunity to learn safely about their bodies and neither do their partners. Totally. I definitely
0: want to talk about Mosey baby, which is the product that we were just talking about in the company. So we'll get to that in a moment, but. Before we do that, you know, I think it's interesting that you say that it's kind of a blessing and a curse with all this, these resources out here and all this information. I feel kind of the same way too sometimes where I didn't know, I I was almost in like ignorance is bliss when I was going through IVF Mm because I didn't know how hard it was, it was going to be. And I didn't know how, I, I knew the odds. But I didn't know how lucky I was because my personal story was that I had one healthy embryo. Mm -hmm. I only did one round of IVF and that was it. That was my Hail Mary. It was secondary infertility. So we were going to be a family of three if it didn't work. It did end up working. Thank God. And now I have my son who's seven and a half, but I didn't know now that like for it to happen on the first round is so, so, so rare. So mm-hmm. that would, that for me yeah. is the lack of information. Cause I wasn't in a community. I wasn't in a group like fertility rally or something like that, you know? So I see it from both ways, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting point that you made.
1: Yeah, for sure. How um, do you,
0: how do you think somebody can sift through kind of the, the myths and the bullshit and the stuff that's not good? Like how do they seek out like what's authentic and what's true and what's real and what's healthy and all that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Well, one thing, so for those of you who don't know, Mosey Baby is the first OTC, which is over-the-counter home insemination syringe kit.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we had our own difficult journey to conceive, which we kind of hinted at where I was diagnosed with, well, we were diagnosed as a couple with unexplained infertility. And um, we're really frustrated that we didn't have anything we could try on our own at home before going through more expensive invasive procedures. Um, so our first child uh, we is the inspiration for our product during that journey is when we came up with Mosey, it didn't exist at the time. And so, um, we luckily have two syringe babies, one through IUI in a doctor's office. And then our second is the first Mosey baby. So, mm-hmm. and he just, um, is turning seven in a few days. So we were, okay. we were right. You know, time we were, in the same, had we known each other at the same oh time, Maureen, we could have been calling each other. The reason I bring that up is because there are some things that you can do to just figure out whether or not you know the information you're reading mm-hmm. is accurate. Um, one thing that we do is we make sure we have um, a medical expert or expert on the subject matter that we're providing an article about review the article prior to releasing it and putting it on our blog
2: mm-hmm.
1: or putting that in our you know, support materials or email or anywhere where we might um, interact with a customer. So just look to see, like, is is this has this article been reviewed by somebody who actually knows what they're talking about? Right, um, that's a real simple thing you can do to make sure that you're reading accurate information. Um, but even within that, you still want to be aware of. Um, I, I really appreciate a lot of the um, approaches that companies are taking, and products are taking, and people in the, the field are taking to have an empowered conversation. I also want to point out that there is sometimes some, you know, look out for anything that says get pregnant fast (laughs) or, or pregnancy guarantee sometimes, you know, gives me pause Mm -hmm. or they're shouting about like tons of numbers. Like I saw an ad the other day for another company that I know does not have the numbers they're talking about. And, um, you know, they shall be remain unnamed, but they had said, you know, hundred thousand pregnancies this year already or something. And I'm like. You guys haven't even sold, you've only sold a few thousand. Like by if you're lucky. Right. You know, right. so like there, there's no way that you've created a hundred thousand pregnancies this year. And it was like, you know, we're we're it's August. Um, so I just think, you know, you have to be mindful of really grandiose claims. Right. And you have to be mindful of um who's presenting you the information. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is fear mongering. As a as a woman, as a female, as someone with a vagina we have a history of being told to stay away from our vagina. It's fragile. Don't touch it. It's dirty. Anything that goes in there can compromise it immediately. Mm -hmm. It's this really delicate, delicate thing that you should never touch. And it's only there for male pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so look at the way they're talking about the product. Look at the way that they're talking about the use of it. Look at the way that they're talking about your body and Try to pay attention to some of that because I find it deeply upsetting that people, not a lot, right? Like the, I'm just really well-versed of the femtech industry. So I see a lot of stuff. People should be empowering women to feel comfortable with their bodies and their vagina. Mm-hmm. And if you see anything that's playing on your fears about your body, your reproductive health, your uterus, your vagina, any of that, I think mm-hmm. that's a red flag.
0: Totally. And I love that you say too. like a guarantee, like IVF is not a guarantee. It's a chance.
2: IUI Mm -hmm. is not a guarantee.
0: It's a chance. You know, so much of this stuff is not, none of it's a guarantee. Even the best doctor, the best medical team in the world and all the best science, it's never a guarantee. You never know, you know, something can go wrong. There's so many things that can go wrong. So I think it's important to like you said, if you see somebody that's like, get pregnant quick, or I guarantee you're going to get pregnant, like that is mm-hmm. like pump your brakes because no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's, not re- it's not realistic.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there are those moments where it does happen for people and we are so sure. grateful that that happens for some people in that way, but you have to be realistic. And yes. too many of us, especially now, I think, you know, we're seeing just higher and higher numbers of people struggling to conceive. It's becoming... Very yeah. common, so there should be a contradiction in your brain of like, well, wait a minute, the, mm-hmm. of, is this true? Not to say it's a bad product, but just like the marketing tactic may not be accurate for what you're looking for. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Um, well, let's go back to your story, your personal journey a bit. So, tell me about that first IUI baby that you guys had. How can you tell me a little bit about that time yeah. in your lives and the process, and how many um, IUIs did you do, etc.
1: Yeah. So my husband and I. We'd married for a little while, and um, we'd gone through that journey of like you know up in the Annie every month or two or a couple of months. You know, reading books, doing diets. I gave up caffeine. You know, all this kind of stuff that you just keep putting yourself through until eventually, after two years, we were like, I guess we need to go into a clinic. And I knew it was going to be expensive, and I didn't want to. So we started that journey. Got tests. You know, we'd already had some tests I'd done through my um, OBGYN and did the HSG and all those things that you just get really excited about because you think, well, this one, this Mm -hmm. little blood test or this HSG or this, you know, oh, maybe if I take this vitamin, okay. And then, um, you know, two and a half years went by and we're looking at IUI. And I remember, you know, getting the diagnosis of unexplained infertility and just being extremely frustrated because I wanted to know what was wrong with me. So I could fix it. Mm-hmm. and I couldn't fix an unexplained diagnosis, right. So we also just felt like complete failures as human beings and really felt a lot of shame approaching that procedure. Um, so we had, to work through that as a couple. And I remember sitting in bed with my husband talking about you know, what the doctor had said. It's like, oh, well, we'll put you on three to four IUIs. And then after that, we'll do IVF. And it's like, I know they were trying to give us hope. Like we've got a plan for you and we're going to get you pregnant, but it actually really (laughs) broke our hearts and it broke our hearts and it broke us mentally thinking about the financial constraints. And so we had this conversation and we said, and I'd seen some people go through IVF and I thought, I don't know that that is right for me. I was really concerned about going through that process. And I said, we talked through doing three IUIs. We could budget for it, we could afford it. And um, we were going to approach that conversation around IVF afterwards. But at that point, if we had to make that decision, I think we would have probably really struggled to say yes, Mm -hmm. just financially. Mm -hmm. So we, Set up, you know, the whole process with our doctor to do IUI. And um I ovulated on a weekend. So if you've ever ovulated on a weekend, and you, you may have experienced this, I don't know, but um you get to pay extra <laughs> because they <laughs> right. have to come in on the weekend. And right. you have to come in on the weekend and your husband has to supply his sample if you're you know, we were doing a fresh sample, and so. It was a really stressful experience, you know, calling them. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday. And then they're telling me, you know, come in on Saturday because I knew my timing was going to be on the weekend. And so the first thing that morning, you know, my husband had to wake up and produce a sample. And it was really stressful. And he told me, I don't think this is good. When we got into a fight, like we got into a fight that morning.
0: Oh my God. The story of my. I didn't
1: have enough. I didn't have enough sample. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You have to do it. You have to turn it in, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It's Like, totally just do it.
0: So yeah. Stressful. You,
1: you, yeah. Did you get into a fight too? Uh, oh like, my God.
0: Just, uh, my whole germ, half of my battle was me and my husband almost getting divorced through this whole process because it was so stressful and so hard on our marriage and our sex life and our relationship and everything. And yes, I'm very open about that. It was really, really hard on us.
1: Yeah. And for him too, it was like complicated to have some, the thought of some other man impregnating me, like in his mind, mm. it was like a very emotionally laced thing.
0: That's interesting. I that mean, the were doctor.
1: Doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and, so interesting. I've audience, never
0: heard, I've never heard anyone explain it like that, but that's really interesting. Yeah.
1: I don't know if men, verbalize this or think it or not. But I can tell you from our experience and the conversations we've had, and obviously we've had a lot of conversations because of the line of work that we are now in. Mm-hmm. But when he's had a lot of conversations with the guys now too, there was um, this kind of emotionally driven stress around the fact that there was someone else making that happen. Mm-hmm. And while I went in, you know, had the procedure, it was by someone i don't even remember their name. It wasn't my doctor I'd been working with the entire time because they were the one there on Saturday and never saw them again. There by myself, my husband wasn't in the room and it was very awkward and weird. And I laid there and, you know, had you, you lay it and think your thoughts of best you can of good wishes for yourself. Right. And, then, you know, we walked out of there and we were a little cooled off at that point. <laughs> So we tried to be cordial, you know, and 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 focus on other things. And thankfully for us, you know, it worked. And so, like you, it was one of those things um, where we didn't realize how truly lucky we were, right, in that time and in that process. But mm-hmm. um, it was a relief. But we had already had this idea for Mosey, and why we couldn't just do something simple at home. Like, why did this doctor have to do this to me? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Mark? involved why was this so like complicated when it really isn't you know Mm -hmm. you're just transferring something from one place to another um and so we'd already started designing and and you know having conversations around that at that time um to kind of own that process and reclaim Mm -hmm. a little bit of that family building journey in the privacy of your own home so we had that in the background and we got pregnant And we said, we still have to do this. Like it needs to exist. It just needs to happen. People need to have access. Right. Did you know anything about
0: what kind of product, like how you were going to create it? Like what was, what were, I'd love to hear the inner workings of like your plan. And were you like, okay, we're going to sketch it out and we're going to send it to this person. Like, how did it all come together?
1: Yeah. So at that time we had sketches, you know, kind of paper sketches of Mm -hmm. what I thought would be comfortable. We started looking into, you know, length, um, what works, just starting to do the research on like what's there and couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing existed at the time
2: Mm -hmm.
1: for home insemination period. Like it just didn't exist. And so we ended up coming up with the design. We ultimately did get feedback from our own fertility specialists Mm -hmm. on, you know, we brought them a prototype thinking they were going to shoo us out of the office. And they were like, I would use this on half of the patients that come in, really? you know, like so many so, people come in here and they're not ready for what we do and, or they necessarily aren't a good candidate, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they, what we've discovered is actually IUI is often a form of over-treatment. Even IVF sometimes is a form of over-treatment for people.
2: Mm-hmm. So, okay.
1: um, so there's a whole population of people who've been overlooked and underserved.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So, so that's where we ended up and we just kept going. We we got patents, we, you know, got quality and regulatory people involved Mm -hmm. and did it on the side. Honestly, it took us about a year and a half working on the side. And then after that, about another year and a half for me to leave my full-time job.
0: Okay. So when, before you guys had this idea, was it, literally, you know, you hear the people t- joke about like the turkey base or whatever. Was it literally, that's what people are doing that didn't have something like Mosey baby or at home insemination yes. or how, are, okay. So how yes. are people so doing We it? did
1: that too? I mean, I right. totally skipped over that process, but like in leading up to our own IUI, this is how we kind of like bold industrious people have been doing this for years, right? Like right. this is not new. The, um, first documented artificial insemination we'll call it. I don't like the word artificial, by the way, I have cool. Thing I could tell you about why, but like nothing I'd love to hear why if you don't mind. Nothing artificial is happening. You're just the only thing that's called artificial insemination. And my understanding that I can figure out through hours of thinking is they're saying it's an artificial penis. Mm. Like, think about this process and think about language and what we do. Is the sperm artificial? Is the uterus artificial? Is the vagina artificial? Is the baby artificial? Mm. Nothing Mm -hmm. is artificial. Mm-hmm. in this process.
0: That's interesting. Yeah.
2: I so feel the same way
0: about like a natural birth. Like I had two yes. C-sections and it's it's like what's the opposite of natural? Unnatural? Like that makes it seem so
1: stigmatized or like something's wrong with it, you know? I agree with you so mm-hmm. deeply. And so mm-hmm. to go back though, like artificial insemination, the first one that's documented, but you know, language is so important <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. that
1: to think about this, it was by a man doing it to a woman and you know it's really born out of animal husbandry like uh, 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 inseminating animals that mm-hmm. were in our use um that we were using like cows and and whatever else was needed around the farm mm-hmm. and so the syringe method has been around for over like 200 years
2: mm-hmm. and
1: probably even further back than we even know but that method you know, is where we kind of found promise and that nothing has really just ever been designed for the vagina or for the sperm.
2: Mm-hmm. There's always
1: appropriation. So people are appropriating turkey basters, literally. Right. We were appropriating everything we could find. And right. just thought, it was like Goldilocks and the three bears. Yeah. We're, you know, semen was getting trapped in them, in right. the barrel or other parts of it. It felt awkward for me doing it to myself with all these weird shapes and sizes. Right. Yeah. And the collection method as well. So that's where yeah. we just thought somebody's got to optimize this. So what did you
0: guys what have you guys created that's so different from syringe turkey base or all that?
1: Sure. So what we've done is we've designed it for this process. So the length is optimal. People think longer is better. It is not. Mm. Um you're going to end up bypassing the cervix and the cervical opening. We have a um, spray that is actually a little bit wider and mimics mother nature. So when you have a circular opening, it creates more turbulent flow. We have a patented uh, slit opening, which mimics mother nature. So the male appendage actually has a slit opening. And that is because mother nature is brilliant and it is a gentler passage. So the slit opening allows for a little bit wider of a spray and longer spray. So we don't actually have to make our syringe longer because it's actually... I dare use the word ejaculating, but it's like, you know, exiting from the syringe at a longer um, length than you would with a regular syringe. So there's a lot of thought that went behind this, as well as comfort for the end user and support. We have educational and supportive materials and educational and supportive instructions. Um, we also have a newly designed cup for the male, which is a little bit more comfortable for them. We also don't want it to be too large, the collection cup. You might think at first, oh, yes you know, larger is better for the man, but ultimately you end up having a wider range for the semen to spray. And you really want to concentrate it for the transfer to the syringe. So we have, you know, thought through this process with our kit and really tried to optimize for the people who are going through this and make it as comfortable and supportive and seamless as possible, because we also know you do not have a lot of time to do this. You have a very special window at a very particular time in your cycle and it takes a lot of coordination. So you want to make sure that you have a procedure in place that is very simple to use and um, people are ready to do it when they need to do it. How many
0: iterations have you guys gone through with Mosey Baby since the very first one was created? Like
1: what number are you on now? Do you guys know? I... Will say it's been a few. So, like between the prototyping and then you know, since we've been in market, we've had some iterations, um, some tweaks, and some of that's really minor, like you wouldn't even notice. But we're just obsessive. Um, but this new iteration that we're we're coming out with is big. It's been a long time in the thinking, you know, long time planning and thinking around it, and making sure the instructions and the and the cup. And everything is ready for the end user. So we've had a lot of fun thinking through that, and you know we welcome feedback too. Like we, the reason we're iterating right now is is because of that feedback, and because we Mm -hmm. listen, and we want you to have, you know, as best of an experience as you can. And we know that you're doing everything you can to make this baby with love, and we want that to be reflected. We know the syringe and the cup are so much more than a syringe and a cup,
2: Mm -hmm. and so
1: we value that interaction with, with our community and you know welcome feedback so genuinely you know email us mosey at moseybaby.com always taking that feedback we've been collecting little bits and pieces and saving it in spreadsheet for years
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: so we do genuinely listen Um, we just can't move fast all the time because it takes a lot of effort and time and money to to iterate on a product but you know we do keep that in mind right okay
0: so let's go back to your story again after you had your first child and then you said that you used mosey baby for your second right
1: we did so it was um in the prototyping stage i was trying without trying right like we're utilized like i was putting things in my vagina let's just be real like i was trying them. mark was trying them um so we're trying things out and making sure you know we're it's comfortable for the end user and like effective in the sense that it's transitioning where it needs to go as best as possible. And um, we, we landed on our final prototype and um, I knew I was ovulating one weekend again on a weekend. And my father-in-law randomly, we weren't even planning any of this, but my father-in-law actually said like, Hey, we have a free, free afternoon. We'll take your daughter and why don't you guys just go relax? And, uh, mm-hmm. okay, we'll take you up on that. and ended up ended up, we were because we're geeks. So we're like, let's try our own product. Let's just make sure like this really works. And I said, you know what? I'm ovulating. Let's just like do it. Let's just do it. Um, so we followed our instructions that we had. and um that weekend, we did it. We followed the kit, which comes with two attempts. So we did the you know that we followed the instructions to the attempts. And lo and behold, you know, I got pregnant. And so we were completely shocked. It had taken us two and a half years for the first and one weekend for the second. Um, we were not prepared for that. Um, my husband took about three months to even fully believe I was pregnant. I mean, he knew it, but like <laughs> mentally. And we but we were thrilled, right? Like this was amazing. It was such a gift. We were grateful, lucky beyond belief. And at that point we we realized we have to we have to put this product out there like we know we can help a lot of people and again you know this is a journey for many of us we did this product and this company because we knew this was a step that we needed mm-hmm. in ours and in part to be honest because we wanted to feel confident moving into those expensive invasive procedures knowing we had mm-hmm. done everything we could on our own Right. We wanted this as like that last checklist. Right. And we I
0: didn't know have so many, it. Yeah. I've met so many people who are like, I don't want to move to IUI or IVF yet. Like what else is there? So, you know, obviously you're filling this, this need that, you know, it's, it, there's filling the, filling that white space, right? Like you came up with something that wasn't already out there, which is so important, especially in this journey where there's so many complications and people are constantly looking for new things to try and different roads to turn down.
1: Yeah. So definitely we've been around now. um, We launched in kind of towards the end of 2015 and um, it's been quite a journey for us as a company. You know, we've grown as a company significantly and in that process been able to help over hundred thousand people inseminate privately at home. But ultimately the biggest, Success, I feel, is that this is now a burgeoning market. We're, you know, expanding the market of opportunity for people on their journey to conceive. That's what we've wanted all along Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: there are options for you. Mm -hmm. And you can have that confidence. Maybe it's the first, second, third, last thing you try, but there's a path that didn't exist for people. Mm-hmm. Where they can try something that's been you know validated and designed for this process.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So who would you say is your best customer or like your ideal customer for this?
1: That's a great question in the sense that, you know, there's so many different reasons people find themselves in need of a product like this. Um, it could just be because you love it could just be because you love somebody who shares your same body parts and you happen to be in a same-sex relationship or marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be because you're a solo parent. And you're ready to have your family. And then there's a lot of people who find us who experience pain with intercourse
2: mm.
1: or and find and we have a whole group of people who, you know, experience that and realized our product, our mosey syringe, is really comfortable and easy. And you know, they're being forced to use all these dilators to try and have intercourse. And while that is part of their journey, um, they're able to still continue on their path to to be. Pregnant um, by using Mosey. And then there's people like us who we probably would have tried this, you know, six, seven months in just to give ourselves a breather from sex. Mm-hmm. And we, we sometimes say, you know, we've seen this <laughs> spoken in our community as much as we've said it internally, me and my husband, it's like it's about keeping sex sexy and eliminating insemination, you know, conceiving from that process. So you can have a separation. Mm -hmm. where you are leaving insemination to Mosey and those three days you can relieve that pressure. Mm -hmm. And just, this is the beauty. I truly feel what we've experienced and what we've seen from our community as well is there are some people who have wonderful relationships and they've had plenty of good sex and this is breaking them. It's tearing them apart, and so mm-hmm. the man can go do his thing and be like, "Hey, I left it on the nightstand." Yeah, and she can walk in and do her thing. Yeah. Some people want to do it together, and they want that process, and I applaud that and I support that. And others are like, "Give me the control and the
2: peace, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> peace of mind, mm-hmm. and we can move on with our day." And totally. We don't have to pressurize it, and there's another element which I'll add. There's a lot of guys out there who struggle with intimacy and have issues completing sometimes with their own partner. Mm -hmm. And it's actually more common than we know. We see this reflected Mm -hmm. in our communication. It's very stigmatized. They don't want to talk about it. But this actually allows them the opportunity to work through that with their partner. But in the meantime, you don't have to stop your journey. You Mm -hmm. can still continue down your path. And yeah. so he can, you know, complete on his own and then pass it forward to his, to his partner. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, family building is a journey. And and we have so many more family stories that I even touched on, you know, people conceiving in ways where they're a surrogate or, um, you know, have a sister who's conceiving for them and beautiful, incredible stories. Right. And there's just a number of reasons. So yeah. we're here, you know, obviously, we don't want somebody to use this who isn't right for it. Yeah. So you have to be ovulating. You have to be able to kind of track that on your own to make sure that you're ovulating. Um, and you, you know, obviously you want to make sure that you, you, if you have a known diagnosis, you're talking to your doctor about it. Um, mm-hmm. we don't want you to waste your time if it's not right for you. And we also don't want you to use this more than three to six cycles. Like if you're doing this plan, you know, around that, like this is a step. It is not something we want you to do beyond Six cycles max. And that's where you really want to talk to your doctor and make sure, again, you know, there isn't anything underlying that you're missing and Mm -hmm. you are able to do this process.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have used it too because we were one of those couples where there was so much pressure around sex. And I just remember crying and him not being able to perform because it was like, Mm -hmm. do it now. And I remember being like, just (laughs) stick it in. Like it was like the unsexiest thing in the entire world. So To be able to take that pressure off would have been so amazing. So thank you for thinking of this. Thank you for creating it. Thank you for answering all those questions. Is there anything else
1: about your own story or about Mosey baby that you wanted to share? I just want to say, I know for me, and obviously my experience is not everyone's, but I know for me, I carried and still sometimes carry this shame of not being able to complete what I had been beaten into me since I was a child of being able to just math, you know, masterfully reproduce on command. Totally, Right. So I just want to say to everyone who might be listening or in this space, you are enough. You are complete. There's nothing wrong with you. You're okay. It's okay to feel emotions, but do not beat yourself up. Like give yourself a hug. You are doing everything you can out of love. Like this is all coming from a place of love for someone you have yet to meet. And that is a really powerful thing to think about, that everything you are doing is coming from a beautiful place. And so I just want everybody to to take a breather because I know I experienced a lot of this myself. And like I said, my journey is not everyone's journey, but we do carry a lot of that with us and it's beat into us as women. And people with vaginas that you're gonna do this because that's what you were biologically created to do and know that you're doing it from a place of love and just give yourself a hug give yourself a little bit of that love too because it's important you have that
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Definitely check out Fertility Rally if you guys are looking for a safe space to land. We are adding some more support groups in the fall, so we are available for anybody going through family building journey through assisted reproductive technology. We have so many different members going through so many different things. You will definitely connect with people who are in the same boat as you. I'm always here. If you need anything, you can always reach out. If you have any questions, follow my Instagram at Stories. Follow our Fertility Rally Instagram at Fertility Rally. Check out our site at thefertilityrally.com or, sorry, justfertilityrally.com. You can email us at thefertilityrally at gmail.com if you need anything. But we are here for all of it. So it's the place I wish I had. It is the worst club with the best members. And we are here for you. So reach out. Thanks again to Maureen. Check out moseybaby.com for all the stuff that they are offering. And I will talk to you guys next time. Sending you so much love if you're having a hard day in particular.